Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Gabby. How are you? I'm doing well today. How is your Friday so far? Well, it's rather good. I'm sitting here, the sun shining on me through the window, a cup of coffee. I'm watching the Canada geese coming to land on the lake. It, it's, it's pretty nice morning. Thank you. It's hmm. quite magical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you painted a very nice scene there. Um, but I think we should dive in. We have a lot to talk about today in the world of women's sport, don't you think? We do. Always a full agenda here on the morning show. Yeah, and we're going to kick things off with a story about pay inequity, because what better thing to talk about on a, uh, women, a women's sports show? So there's an article in Al Jazeera, it's titled, Why Are Female Athletes Still Paid Less Than Males? Um, and I think it's good to talk about this and uh, the, the environment of sport. I mean, the wage gap has always been discussed in terms of the workplace and things like that. And athletes are employees when they get to the elite level. And I thought it was really interesting reading this article um, because they said that one of the, they said that recent studies suggested gender equality in football. So soccer for the North Americans and on the call um, is worse than in politics, business or medicine, actually. So um, athletes, at least these studies suggest athletes have it worse than, you know, people in the workplace, which I thought was really interesting. Um, especially because you consider elite athletes, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that they must make a ton of money, don't you think? Well, you t- you do, actually, given all the hype and marketing around sponsorship and the TV exposure of mainstream sports. But interestingly, Serena Williams is is on that list of top six, but at the bottom of the list. Right, right. And I think the article mentioned that she's the only woman on the top 100 highest paid athletes list or something like that. So, um women are not largely represented in terms of being high income individuals. Um, And they even mentioned that uh, FIFA, which governs soccer was awarded a total prize pool of $15 million to the last women's world cup. And the men's pool was 500 million. I mean, that disparity is unbelievable. Um, And then the one thing that also stood out was that they said in golf, um, which isn't a sport that, I really follow, but um, they said the men's world number 143, so ranked 143, earned more in 2017 than the second ranked woman female athlete. Um, Yeah, it it just kind of, it boggles the mind, but I think uh, one of their suggestions, and they did try to offer suggestions in this article, was that merging tournaments, so making men and women compete together, is a way that we can increase uh, prize money for female athletes and it seems to be working in tennis it does so why not do it with other sports and and you know it it poses that sort of a wider question about gender equity doesn't it and men and women competing mm-hmm. on an equal playing field which happens in some sports as you know i come from equestrian sport which is all about equality with you know we have in the very distant past had the uh, ladies' world championship and the gentlemen's world championships. Don't you love the mm-hmm. titles there? This is way back in show jumping. And that changed, I believe it was in the 70s, the early 70s. That all changed. And, and then we also did away with um, the, the weight um, uh, rule. We had a weight rule in, oh. in show jumping and in eventing. <clears throat> now that's all gone. And so things have changed there, but it, the, the one thing that has never changed, has always been consistent, is men and we, women always allowed to compete equally. And, and they very much are equal in 
all of those sports and all of the Olympic sports and um, for, for sure. Mm. Interesting. And, you know, kind of speaking of this, this gender, not only gap, but, um, you know, we are in a place in our world where society is very strict about, you know, men and women and categories. And there was another article that popped up about, you know, the value or potential for co-ed sport and men can keep competing against women and sort of that, that even ground. And I think there's a lot of debate around, around that. But one of the lines that really stuck out to me and one of the points that was made in this piece was that, and I'm going to read a direct quote here. It said, that being said, hormone testing has sparked an important question that needs to be addressed. Why is natural genetic variation policed in female athletes, but celebrated in men? And so I think what's interesting about this is, you know, we talk about women and, and sort of, you look at some women and they might be more masculine, you know, be more built, um, be less, you know, curvy or whatever it is. And there's this feeling that like, oh, maybe they're, they're doping or are they too masculine to race against or to compete with the women? And, um, it causes all this controversy. And the thing that comes to mind is like, no one's out there looking at a man on a football field. Who's like, in maybe like insanely over muscular and built and saying, you know what? I don't know. Maybe he's better suited for playing in like a monster league <laughs> because he's not really a man anymore. Um, <laughs> and I, I think there's a, a bit of a, a double standard there. Well, it makes me ask if equality is all about testosterone levels. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that what it really boils down to? Um, and, I, you know, it's I don't know if co-ed sport is really going to become a thing, at least not immediately. I think it's going to be a long time before people really get on board with this idea of men racing women. Um, I mean, we've seen it in ski racing with Lindsey Vaughn. She wants to race the men. Um, and it's just been an uphill battle for her for years. And, they, you know, they'll use various excuses like the rules maybe in the, in the uh, by the International Federation don't quite accommodate something like that or safety and things like that. And I think you know, some of those are, are legitimate concerns. I mean, men's downhill courses are a lot uh, more dangerous. But that said, I feel like she wants to put herself in a position where the world would view her at a disadvantage. She wants to test her skills and why not create an opportunity for her to do that? In my I opinion. quite agree. I mean, there are more of these co-ed sports. You look at uh, the Volvo ocean race that's taking place right now. Yes. And for the first time in their history, um, well, they've had women sailors, they've had all female crews in the past, but they've not had co-ed uh, mixed gender teams or crews in their case. And, and I think it's really working. I'm a big cheerleader for that. I, and I think it really has been helpful to the women to get experience to be on the podium, you know, where they might not otherwise have been. To, to, to have that combination of men and women on those crews seems so far to be a great success. I, I haven't heard anyone say, oh, this was a bad idea. Absolutely. So I think there's, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on the pay and equity and the gendered sport discussions because that's been a hot topic on this morning show, um, as our regular listeners will know. But I do want to jump over to tennis. I mean, there's been a lot happening in that world. But Chris, you brought to my attention this article on Elise Cornette um, and some maybe doping scandal or something like that. Can you tell us a little well, bit more? Well, not so much a scandal, an actual doping scandal, but that she didn't show up for her out-of-competition com test. She actually missed three. So that meant the, meant the International Tennis Federation have actually um, 
suspended her for 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 charged her for missing those i should say right now and she has a right to appeal but athletes have to be available um for out of competition testing and she had um something like 20 anti-doping controls in 2017 which were all negative but she actually missed these three which means that she's suspended from representing her country of France and they're they're getting ready for another Fed Cup Federation Cup tournament but she'll carry on Mm -hmm. competing individually Um, but she says she has a very good defense and and a very good reason why she didn't show up for three but um, you know why why miss three I mean you can have an excuse not to miss one perhaps or you know two is an accident but three when you know that you could be violating the rules is careless to my mind. Definitely. But I think in, in her defense, I mean, I look at, um, I think it's very similar in skiing where like these athletes have to submit their total schedules all year round to the FIS, um, so that they know where they could catch them for drug testing. Um, and there, are, you know, you'll see on Instagram, they post about it all the time. It'll be like in the middle of dinner. Um, they can be anywhere in the world. It's, it's actually kind of interesting, but I think in fairness, like you're tested 20 times a year and your schedule changes and you're somewhere that you didn't say, sorry, if you're somewhere aside from where you were going to be on that written schedule, um, it becomes very murky. But I do think to your point three times in a year, it's like, at what point do you learn your lesson? Um, And do the responsible thing when you know that it's an obligation of being a pro athlete you know, you want to compete for your country and you want to do the right thing by the rules of the sport, um, you know, to say. Right. And I don't know the length of her career, but I imagine she's been doing this a while. So it's not like new information. No, exactly. She's not a rookie. So just something interesting to keep an eye on. I mean, it sounds like, like you said, she's a good defense. So it may not amount to anything, but kind of always interesting to keep an eye on those issues, especially in this era where everyone's talking about gendered sport and steroid use and uh, anti-doping efforts. And particularly as we had the Olympics with so many Russian athletes banned. So, And also Sharapova, always... of course, uh, competing in her first Grand Slam yes. again at the Australian Open. That, of course, made headlines, her comeback. Uh, so, yeah, when you have those very big cases still you know in the public's mind uh, you, you you view things differently don't you and you really do it changes your perspective yeah. of of cases and there's nothing to say that she would will test positive but it, it is it, it it all comes under that headline of missing drug tests right exactly exactly so we'll keep an eye on that um but we're going to transition away from tennis and i'm going to talk a little bit about skiing because i can't miss out on opportunity really? to talk about this morning's oh, race. <laughs> the show would be incomplete without some skiing. It would. Um, so the women are racing in Lenzerheide, Switzerland, um, and they had an Alpine combined today. It was rescheduled, uh, rescheduled race from a one that was canceled earlier this season. And Michaela Schifrin actually decided to skip the race. Uh, she's just, I think, been exhausted competing so much. She's been racing uh, multiple disciplines all season. So she skipped the day's race. Um, but it was exciting nonetheless, and um, Lindsey Vaughn got fourth. She was just off the podium, and for those who aren't familiar, Alpine combined is one run of either Super G and downhill and one run of slalom. And Lindsey Vaughn is great in speed and has had success in slalom in her younger years but doesn't 
compete the event anymore. Um, so I actually feel like fourth place is a very solid finish for her. Well, we have to talk about the ladies on the podium because they could be med- medal contenders next month. Um, Wendy Holder, Holdner from Switzerland won in front of her home crowd. Always exciting. Uh, Marta Bassino of Italy got second. And then Anna Butsik of Slovenia actually got third. Um, she'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. She's been coming on strong. Um, I don't have the stats on how many podiums she's had, but uh, she has not had one yet this season. Uh, so it's good to see her coming on strong. And then the other athlete I want to mention, because I just thought this was really interesting. There's a girl from Serbia, woman from Serbia, Nevena Ig- Ignatovic. I might have butchered her last name, but she's from Serbia and she got sixth today. And Serbia is not uh, a ski country, at least in my mind. And I think in many people's minds um, at all, you know, it's not in Austria or, or in Italy or anything like that. So keep an eye on her. I feel like she's a bit of a dark horse. I mean, you never know in ski racing, anything could happen. So keep an eye out from her uh, for her peripherally coming into the coming weeks of the Olympic games. I presume that she'll be there. I have not seen the Serbian Olympic team naming. Um, but speaking of the Olympics, I think we should just read briefly the list of who is going for Team USA. You guys have probably heard most of these names. Um, but it's a nine-woman team. Um, very speed-heavy because the women the women's U.S. team is not very deep in the tech events, slalom and giant slalom. So you're going to have uh, Stacy Cook. You're going to have Breezy Johnson making her Olympic debut, Megan McJames, Alice McKennis, Loren Ross, who's coming back from a big injury at the end of last season, so it's great to see her qualify. Michaela Schifrin, of course, who will be going for gold in at least slalom and GS, but she has the potential, if she were to race every event at the Olympics, to medal in six events, which would be insane. Uh, Racy Stiegler will be there to compete in tech. And then Lindsey Vaughn and Jacqueline Weil. So it'll be a really great squad. A lot of athletes who have been on the World Cup podium before. So U.S. definitely has a lot of medal potential coming into this year. Exciting. And it's right around the corner. It starts from February the 9th. Pyeongchang. I know. So excited. Yes. I leave a week from today. So, to so, what are, so what are we going to do while you're gone? I don't know. I mean... I'll have to figure out the time difference exactly, but maybe we can, I mean, I think it'll be late at night there. So maybe like after the races, I can call on it. It'll be the morning here. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to look into we, that. We'll, it's, it's like a 14 hour time difference and it's tomorrow. And it's tomorrow. Well, yeah, we'll, um. we'll, tr- we'll, we'll try and figure <laughs> it out because we would miss you. You'll be gone for how long? Um, basically the month of February. I get mm. back the 26th of February. So oh, well, it's a long trip, but. We'll coordinate some things, at least a couple check-ins. Maybe I can call in and leave a little message about what's going on there, and you can use oh, it. Oh, <laughs> we'd love that. And any Facebook Live moments that you have time for. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, okay, well, Chris, do you have any other headlines you want to talk to? Do you have a sport of the week that's been your thing lately? Well, I actually, I do, and it's floorball. Um, but I'm, I feel Ooh. we're running out of time because, you know, we, have, we, do, we do like to talk about it, you know, and, and make it an educational that's and informative true. piece. So maybe we can save that for next week. Perfect. Okay, we'll save floorball for next week. We'll, you guys will learn all about it. Um, we are at about our 15-minute marker, so we'll close things down and get on with our days. But thank you so much for... Uh, tuning into the show, Chris, of course, always lovely to start my day chatting with you. 
make sure you guys follow along with sports radio. There's just a huge breadth of podcasts there, including my own, the inside line it's wisp W I S P sports.com. And you can listen in on all the podcasts there. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, everything like that. And of course, follow us on social media. I'm at H A L L underscore G A B B I. And you can follow Chris and with sports at with sports radio. Uh, we look forward to hearing you and hope you will call in on future shows. Thanks, Gabby. Talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you later.